Thank you so much. Wow, what a joy to be with all of you. And I know, let me, just, let me just start right off the top and clarify one thing. She said, I've been in ministry. Wait, oh, the children are released. The children now are like, whoo, we were worried we're going to have to wait and listen to that woman. Children, rejoice. You can go listen to someone more enjoyable for children. <laughs> uh, I, anyway, let me clarify. Back to my clarification. She said, I've been in ministry over 30 years, and that's true. But because I know you're wondering now that you see me, yes, I started when I was two. <laughs> Not a day over 29. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure because I knew y'all were starting to do the math. Any math mathematicians in the house? I'm a numbers person, right? So when people say things like that, you know, I'm like, oh, I bet she's. So I just wanted to clarify, yes, I started at two years old. Um, I'm joking. It's uh, fun to be in a place that knows how to laugh and have a good time. How many of you know the house of God is supposed to be fun? Amen? So we can invite the presence of the Lord as you've already done, and we can have fun doing it. And we can sit in church with a smile on our face in the face of all the mess that may be in your life, we can smile. Anybody in the room got some mess in your life right now? You got some things you're like, Lord, I really need you to intervene. I need you to be the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Amen? And in the face of that, we can sit here with a smile on our face and joy in our hearts. I'm, I'm saying it because some of you need to right now, you need to just smile in the face of your mess. Some of you came to church heavy laden, and Jesus is here to lift our burden and take it. Amen? Amen. I've been known for just saying what I think. So I'm just getting up here. You don't even know me yet, and I'm getting up here, you know, yelling and screaming, and I don't mean to do that. But I just want to tell you that <laughs> preach on. I've got, and all I need is one person to amen me, and we're going. So no. <laughs> Oh, goodness. I, one thing I have felt is the freedom of the Lord and the joy from the time we walked in. Uh, every person who has greeted us and shaken our hand and helped us and assisted us, everybody here has been so uh, friendly and welcoming, and I just I thank you for that. You know, that's what the world is attracted to. Nobody wants to walk in the doors and be beat upside the head. And it's not our job to beat people upside the head. Amen? It's our job to love them. They will know we are Christ's followers by our love. Jesus loved people. Yes, he corrected them. Yes, he shed light in their situation. Yes, he did all of that. And we can do that in love when the time is right. But our first job is to love people and let them come through the doors and say, you are welcome here. Bring all your mess. I don't care because Jesus is enough to handle it. Amen? Amen. That's my heart. That's, that's how I feel. And that's something that the Lord's worked on me, you know. I grew up in church, 
And uh, it's easy when you grow up in church as a kid, you get a lot of preconceived ideas that when people don't act like you, didn't grow up like you, you don't have a different life than you, you kind of can make judgments. And so today I've come to the house of God and to the understanding that God accepted me with all of my mess. And if he can do that, he can accept everybody else with their mess. And when I go to heaven, I'm going to be there with all the people that I'm going to be shocked they made it. <laughs> and they're going to be shocked I made it, <clears throat> you know, because we kind of get our little blinders up and decide who can go and who doesn't when that's all Jesus's business, right? So let's just love. I don't know why I'm saying all that. That's just in my heart this morning. That's just where I woke up kind of with some of that. And I said to the Lord as my husband and I were praying, I said, Lord, you know, I came here with a message on my heart and I'm, I'm going to do it. But if you take me a different way, it's all yours. You just take me where you want me to go. And to end with that song, you know, this is my surrender. This is where I lay it down. So everything I planned, everything I thought, everywhere I was headed, Lord, it's all yours. You take me where you want to take me, and I trust that your people will follow. Amen? Amen. My husband is here with me. He's back in the sound booth. He likes to hide back there. He likes to pretend like he's working. He's not, y'all. <clears throat> he's just goofing off back there. He better be listening. One of these times I'm going to preach and he's going to respond to the altar call, so we'll see. Uh, we've been married. The end of this month will be 30 years. Yes. And uh, it's been all wonderful, mostly. Yes, great. No, I'm teasing. It's been great as long as he does what I say. Everything's fine. So <clears throat> all the men, I'm joking, men. I know about all the biblical roles of husband. I get it. I'm that was just a joke. Don't listen to what I just said. You just keep doing what I say. <laughs> okay, so anyway, I, uh, I, I do thank Pastor Norm for allowing me to be here for all of the hospitality, the welcome arms. We appreciate all of that. And we just say as we start, Lord, have your way. Have your way in this place. I, I'm going to share in just a moment a message that really is entitled, Here's My Heart, Lord. Here's My Heart. Because I think today is a good day for us to just sometimes come into the presence of the Lord, not sometimes, always, come into the presence of the Lord in a stature that says, Lord, here's my heart. Lord, if there's anything in my life that is not pleasing to you, I'm asking you to deal with it and take it out today. Amen. Anything. The, the brother that got up here and talked about the offering, he had no idea he was headed down a lane. I was about to have to get up and tell him to sit down, quit preaching my message. Not quite, but he was going down the lane, and actually I thank you for being obedient to what the Lord was laying on your heart to say, because this whole concept of here's my heart, Lord, is really evaluating the things we do, the things we say, the movies we watch, the music we listen to, the stuff we do, does it bring glory to God? Does it bring glory to God? Do the people in town know that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and do I represent him well? Mm. Do my actions represent Jesus? So that's really what we're going to look at this morning here in just a few minutes. But I do want to open with a song. Uh, I, I, I sing. I, I woke up today. It was so funny. I woke up with all this uh, beautiful Michigan air up here. I'm from Texas, y'all. It's hot. Uh, the lady at the hotel yesterday was telling me, oh, it's so hot. I'm so hot. I'm like, excuse me. Is your 10-day forecast 106 every day? Please stop talking to me. 
So I'm here. I may have moved into the hotel. I may not leave because I was like walking outside going, oh. But anyway, I woke up to all of this change in temperatures, and so my throat today is kind of doing a number on me. So we'll just see how well this goes. That's my excuse for if it sounds really bad. You can just trust me that I normally sing better than this, but it's all glory to God, right? Um, preach them. I'm going to sing my own message. We do everything to glorify the Lord. And I just want to open today with this song that says, In the calm of his presence, I am listening, Lord. I want to set the tone today by saying that, Lord, I've come into your house, and I've opened my ears and my heart to receive. And in this calm, sweet moment in your presence, Lord, I am listening. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> In the calm of your presence, I am listening, Lord. I am still, I am quiet, I am yours. In the calm of your presence, I am listening, Lord. I'm yours. Let your word speak to me. Let your spirit draw near. I will obey the truth that I Of your presence, I am listening, Lord. I am still, I am quiet, I am yours. There's a thirst in my soul for your wisdom divine. your presence. I am listening, Lord. I am still. I am quiet. I am yours. I am still. I am quiet. I am Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, before we get into the message, I want to do just a little bit of uh, information for you. I want to let you know that out in the foyer, there's a table. 
And on that table, I do have music CDs. I have three CDs that I've produced over the years, and those CDs have all different songs on them. That uh, song is on one of those. I think it's the one in the middle. And uh, so those CDs are out there. I also have on my table a t-shirt. I'm going to tell you the purpose of this shirt. I didn't come to just sell you clothes. <laughs> uh, it's a t-shirt that says on the front, Jesus is the vine, stay connected. John 15 is a passage that talks about Jesus being the vine and we're the branches. And really, church, we have one job, stay connected. And when we stay connected to our source, we have life and we give that life to other people and we bear beautiful fruit, right? Well, these t-shirts are actually shirts that when you buy them, they help support the outreach missions arm of our ministry, of Kathy Wampler Ministries, our Abide Retreats. And these shirts help make those retreats happen. I know that Pastor Norm has been gracious enough to allow me to mention this briefly. I'm not going to stay on this long. And at the very end of the service today, there's going to be a second offering taken to help with this missions effort. You're going to have a chance to support it. And I'm going to tell you about it now so that we can get into the message and get into our prayer time. And we're going to deal with all that other stuff at the end. But you will have already heard what you're giving to. So I trust you to tuck this away and remember it at the time. These retreats are retreats that we do for military and first responder wives and women. We are in our seventh year. We're about to do one in October, and then next year we'll start our eighth year of doing these retreats. You're seeing these pictures on the screen so that you understand these actually have been happening. I'm not asking you to support something that I hope to do. I'm asking you to support something that we're already doing. Churches all across America have given to help make these happen. We bring these ladies in at no charge to them. Three-and-a-half-day Bible-based retreat, they don't pay a dime. If they need an airline ticket, it's covered. If they, uh, you know, their housing, their food, their curriculum, everything is covered, and it's covered because people like you grab hold of it and you help make it happen. These retreats are filled with women who come. You know, a lot of times in America right now, we're in a period of time where uh, we kind of, the war is over, right? You know, there's not a big absolute war declared and happening. But I, I assure you that in the homes of these women, the war has come home to them. Because they are dealing with husbands. And for those women who themselves have served, they come home with a whole different set of baggage that they're trying to figure things out and they're trying to get their footing. And we know and we believe the only thing that is going to help them with their footing and their foundation is Jesus Christ. And when they get that right, they're able to go into their homes and the Lord begins to do a work in their spouses and in their family and their children that stems from their relationship with Jesus. We've had women come. I had a chaplain's wife come and she said, Kathy, I, I, I just got to, we really focus in these retreats about you spending time in your prayer time and your Bible reading time every day. And she said, Kathy, I got to thinking, and she's a chaplain's wife. She said, Every day I tell my kids that before you can do anything in the day, you have to read your Bible and pray. Before you can do anything, you can't play, you can't watch TV, nothing. Before you read your Bible and pray. But I don't do that. You know, do as I say, not as I do, right? Women have come, and there's a lady that came, and she, um, we do a ceremony at the end where they, we have name tags that we give them with their name on it when they arrive, and we have them keep that, and at the closing ceremony, we have them really pray through the days they're with us about a new name that the Lord gives them. Maybe they, maybe they came feeling unloved, and their new name is loved. Maybe they came feeling unworthy, and their new name is worthy. And they write it on the back, and at the closing ceremony, they flip their name tag around and reveal their new name. And we go around the room, and we read them and let them share the purpose of, well, what does that name mean to you? 
One, one girl turned her name around and her, her name tag said Price. P-R-I-C-E. And we kind of looked at it like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting that. I don't quite know what to do with that. Um, what, so what, is, what does that mean to you? She said, Kathy, my, she was a beautiful African-American girl, and she, her name, her original name in the original language meant nothing. It's not that her name didn't have a meaning. It translated meant the word nothing. And she said, all of my life, I've struggled to feel like I was worth anything. And she said, but I came to this retreat, and you mentioned the scripture that says, I was bought with a price. And she said, I understand that my value in Christ is so great that he paid the ultimate price for me. So my new name is Price. Well, we cried and we were, you know, we were so moved by the moment. And she said, you know, when I get home, I'm going to go legally change my name to Price. And and I was kind of like, oh, you know, that's sweet, but that's emotion, you know. that That's emotion. You're, you're not going to go home and change your name. You're just caught up in the moment. Like me, when I get up tomorrow, it's Monday. I'm going to say I'm starting a diet. It's all emotion. It's Monday. I'm not doing it. I'm not starting a diet tomorrow, y'all. Even if I tell you I am, I'm not. It's all emotion because my jeans are tight. But anyway, that's a whole different story. So anyway, I, uh, sorry, I, sometimes I talk like I'm in just a room full of women. I have to remind myself I'm, I'm not. Sorry, men. But anyway, so, I, uh, so in the process, I said, well, that's really sweet. No, no. She went home. She went to the courts, and she legally changed her name to Price. Hallelujah. That is the work of the Holy Spirit in these retreats. So listen, at the end, when you have a chance to give, that's what you're giving to, that's what you're supporting, and you will help make the one in October happen. We're going to have a lodge full of women, and there's a price tag on that to be paid, and you can help us carry that load. So thank you in advance. Um, I want to get into my message today. Again, the title, Here's My Heart. Here's My Heart. And I would really just ask you for the next few moments to really put your heart out before the Lord. If you can just kind of within yourself, right there in your seat, if just right where you are, if you can just say, even under your breath, Lord, here's my heart. I just want you to reveal to me anything in me that is not pleasing to you. Would you do the work in my life today? Give him permission to come in today and change you into his image. That's my prayer. There's a passage in Luke 6 uh, 6 and 45, and I actually meant to double check. I don't remember. Yeah, I did do 43. Good. I couldn't remember if I backed up. I want to read these verses to you this morning. This is in the book of Luke, and these are the words of Jesus. Jesus is speaking, and it says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. You need to hear that statement. Every tree is known by its own fruit. Just because you come to this church doesn't mean your fruit's good if your tree isn't in, good, in a good place. You know what I'm trying to say? You don't attach yourself to this. This church can have wonderful fruit. But if you individually aren't a tree that's planted in good soil and you're not nourishing your life and staying connected to Jesus, you have to produce the good fruit because Jesus will do that work in you. We'll get into that in a second. It says, For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man... Out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. Do you know this passage talks about good fruit and bad fruit? And I got to tell you, your fruit isn't going to change until your heart changes. Your fruit won't change until your heart changes. 
You can go through all the motions. You can do all the things. You can have the look of a tree that's healthy. But until you have a heart change, your fruit will not change. You will still have bad fruit until your heart is changed. This scripture, the very last part of this scripture says, Out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. You know, this statement is basically saying this. That's what, whatever is in your heart in abundance is going to come out abundantly. If I hang around you long enough, I'm going to know what's in your heart. Does that scare you? It shouldn't. Whatever's in your heart in abundance will come out abundantly. If I watch you drive in traffic, I'm going to figure out what's in your heart. If I followed some of you to the restaurant today and your order's wrong, Okay, I'll move on. I do want to leave with one or two of you still my friend when today's over. Okay, we're going to look at a passage in 1 Kings chapter 18. This is where the main text is coming from in 1 Kings 18. And before we get into the actual scripture in 1 Kings 18, I want to set up a little bit of the history and the context of 1 Kings 18. Now, if you're not into history and the backstory, don't get, don't get bored. I promise it's going to get better. I just want to give you two minutes of the backstory of what's happening here. In 1 Kings 17, so chapter 17, the chapter before it, in 17 and 1, Elijah, the prophet of God, tells the king that there will be no rain until God says it's going to rain. In 18 and 1, so one chapter in our Bible, one chapter, three years have passed. Three years have gone by. We read it as one simple little chapter that we read in a matter of minutes. But three years have passed and there's been no rain. No rain. The Lord tells Elijah to present himself to King Ahab, and he said, when you do, I will send rain. Now, the other thing you need to know what was happening in history at this time, again, bear with me, this is an amazing fact to me, so just everybody sit up straight and pay attention, because I know it's history. We're all like, hello, Kathy, I didn't like history in school, I don't like history on Sunday. Too bad. I have the mic, and I like history. So here we go. At this, <laughs> at this time in history, what was happening was this. The people had begun to worship both the one true God and false gods. The people, the children of Israel, those people, you know, those people that love God. Those, oh, they sound a lot like church people. They had begun to worship the one true God and false gods. So much so to the point they had built altars to both. Again, the children of Israel, they had built altars to both. They had an altar to God, so they could say, oh, yes, yes, we have an altar to God. Look at our altar. But then over here, they had altars to Baal, the false god. They were trying to do both. They wanted it both ways. They wanted one foot in the world and one foot in the church, per se. They wanted it both ways. And God was saying, in the verse we're going to read, he was saying, it's time to choose. 1 Kings 18, 21 says this, Elijah came to all the people and he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal, follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. Church, I'm going to tell you something. I believe if, uh, if, if well, we know God is in our, in our midst. He's here in the house today. I believe that he is asking us the same question. How long will you falter between two opinions? 
If I'm God, follow me. How long? How long will you falter between two opinions? You know, we can't come in here and offer a sacrifice of praise on Sunday and a sacrifice of cursing on Monday. I mean, we can because we do it all the time. But we shouldn't. We don't need to come in here and offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving on Sunday and a sacrifice of ungratefulness on Thursday. Can I tell you something that will set you free if you'll get a hold of it? One statement will set you free this morning. If you go through the drive-thru and you order the onion rings and they gave you the french fries, can you just eat the onion rings and pull away without griping and complaining? Nobody in here likes onion rings, apparently. See, I meant to order the onion rings, and I was trying to be nice, but instead I ordered the french fries. Then they got my order wrong, and I got mad, and I fussed at the lady in the drive through window, and I said something to her, and I had an attitude, and I got really mad, and I drove away with a little bit of an extra acceleration on my gas pedal because I wanted to make a point that they got my order wrong. And I did all of that with the church bumper sticker on the back of my car. You know the little bumper sticker that says honk if you love Jesus and somebody honks at you and you yell at them, why are you honking at me? Well, your bumper sticker said honk if you love Jesus. Look, I know I'm making a joke about onion rings and french fries because that's just what I joke about is food because I like it too much. But here's the point. We get all upset at the cashier at Walmart when she double rings up something instead of just asking her to fix it. We get all bent out of shape, all while we're supposed to be representing Jesus Christ. We are supposed to represent to this world that we serve God. We serve the one true God. I am not trying to live in this world and be part of this world. The Bible says to come out and be ye separate. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We are supposed to be living holy lives. We are supposed to say to the Lord, Lord, here's my heart. If I have an attitude, if I have an action, if I am reaching out to people and I'm being critical, if I'm yelling at the person that gets my order wrong, if I'm, if I'm going to the restaurant and, and when I leave, the lady's like, oh, they left me a track and not a tip. Uh-oh. I think I've stepped on some toes. I didn't mean to. I'm just telling you, church, we are supposed to represent Jesus. We want to say that we are followers of Jesus Christ, and yet we live our life in a way that if I asked anybody around you, did you know that, that they're a Christian? Did you know that they love Jesus? Well, I, I didn't know that. Lord, help us. Lord, help us represent Jesus. Lord, help us be so full of the Holy Spirit that everywhere we go, people can't help but see Jesus in us. People are drawn to us because when we walked into the room, the atmosphere changed. Not because of us. Y'all, I'm not that good. You're not that good. But Jesus in me is incredible. The Holy Spirit in me is incredible. There is a world outside of these doors that is dying, and I know we don't like to talk about it, but they're dying, and they're going to hell without Jesus. We have the answer that can save them, but we're so busy getting caught up in what ruffled our feathers and what stepped on our toes and what didn't make us what we wanted it to make us that we don't even reach out to the world that's lost. Lord, here's my heart. Lord, here's my heart. Take anything out that doesn't please you. Take any action out, any attitude. 
Take it out, Jesus. In 1 Kings 18, 25 through 29, we read about this showdown at Mount Carmel between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And we, we see this story, and I think there's some things that we can learn in this passage. I want to read this to you. 1 Kings 18, starting at 25. It says, Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourself, and prepare it first, for you are many. And call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning, even till noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and he said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he's meditating, or he's busy, or he's on a journey. Or perhaps he's sleeping and he needs to be awakened. Elijah is so sarcastic. Anybody in the room sarcastic? You can lift your hand because I've got mine up. Elijah is so sarcastic. He's like, I don't know. Maybe he can't hear you. I mean, after all, he's just a God and he doesn't know. Maybe he's sleeping. I, I love, I really, Elijah, I can't wait to meet Elijah. <laughs> then it says, so they cried aloud. In other words, they heard Elijah mocking them and they're like, okay, well, we'll cry louder. So they cried aloud and they cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. There's a few things in this response of the prophets of Baal that we can learn from what they did when they were trying to get God to notice them. First of all, it says they called on Baal from morning till noon. Well, you know what, church? You can call from morning till noon, but when you're calling on the wrong God, he's not going to answer. You're not going to find what you need. Some of us call on the wrong God too. Oh, Sister Kathy, you have gone too far. I do not call on the wrong God. You have gone too far. I am leaving. I'm mad. Well, let me ask you a question. When you get that doctor's report, when you check your bank account and you don't understand what's happening, do you start Googling your problem before you drop to your knees and ask God to help you? Hmm... Y'all, I'm not opposed to Google. I Googled stuff yesterday. I Google lots of stuff all the time. I'm not opposed to Google. Don't anybody go out and, and, and put them, you know, out there in the world that I'm opposed to Google. I'm not. But you know what? I'm opposed to anything that we put ahead of crying out to our Heavenly Father when we're in need and we need Him to intervene. We need to do a little less Googling and a little more Bibling to find our answers. The second thing that the prophets of Baal did that we can learn from is it says they left about the altar. They cried aloud. They cut themselves. They were making, they wanted their God to answer because of everything they were doing, right? Sometimes our problem is we make the sacrifice all about our actions rather than the faithfulness of God. Now, God, I just want you to know I need to be healed. And I just want to remind you I haven't missed church in 27 years, three weeks, and two Sundays. I have read my Bible every single day and sometimes twice a day. 
I have prayed in the morning, in the evening, and the noontime. And Lord, I'm just reminding you how good I've been and how much you need to answer my prayer. Church, I want to tell you something. There is nobody more than probably your pastor who would stand in this pulpit and tell you, I want you to be in church every time the doors are open. I want you to read your Bible every single day. I want you to pray morning, noon, and night. I want you to do all those things. But can I tell you something? God is faithful because he is faithful, not because you are faithful. He is faithful. You mess up one time, God didn't kick you to the curb. You didn't read your Bible today, God didn't kick you to the curb. But here's the truth. The more I read my Bible, the more I want to read my Bible. The more I pray, the more I want to pray. The more I come to church, the more I want to come to church. That's how that works. But I don't make God's faithfulness to me all about how good I am. The third thing we learned from the prophets of Baal, it says they prophesied. You know, they were prophesying against a false god, about a false god. Anytime we speak out of alignment with his word, we're doing the same thing. Church, you need to know this word. You need to know this word so that every time someone stands up in this pulpit and preaches, including me today, if I say something that doesn't line up with this word, you know what you do? You throw me out. I mean, if you'd be nice about it, I'd appreciate it. But throw me out. And you live by this standard. This is your standard. But if you don't know it, you're going to believe everything you hear. And if you don't know it, you're going to be condemned when you don't need to be condemned. And you're going to be patted on the back when you don't need to be patted on the back. So you need to know this word. Let's move on and look at how Elijah responded so we can learn from him. It says in Elijah's response in 1 Kings 18, we're going to read verse 30 and then 36 and 37. It says, then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Then we're going to skip to 36. The next few verses we were skipping, it just tells what he did. He poured water on the sacrifice. He set everything up to get it ready. And in 36 it says, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day. That you are God in Israel and I am your servant. And that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. That this people may know that you are the Lord God. And that you have turned their hearts back to you again. The next verse says that fire came and consumed the sacrifice. There's two things I want to learn from Elijah's response. The very first thing we see in verse 30, I love this, it never stood out to me till just a couple years ago when I was reading it. It says, he gathered the people and he told them to come near. And then it says, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Did you notice the prophets of Baal, it doesn't say they had to repair theirs. I'm guessing it's because theirs was used a whole lot more and it was in good shape. The things we neglect will fall apart and have to be rebuilt. Listen, church, in the Old Testament, there was a tabernacle that was built, and there was an altar in place that all of the sacrifices were made. But when Jesus came, he became the final sacrifice. We are now the tabernacle where he dwells, and our heart is the altar. So if you think about your heart being the altar, and I'm telling you that he had to repair the altar that was broken down, I'm asking you today to say, is my heart broken down? Is this altar of my heart in disarray? Lord, here's my heart. Is there anything in me that's not like you? Repairing the altar 
can be a challenge. It can be hard, and it can be humiliating. About 25 years ago, I was invited to sing at a church that was um, a church that when my husband and I were in town, we would go to this church on Sundays when we were home, and occasionally this church would ask me to sing. They had a big choir and orchestra, and it was a rather large church. It was actually a church in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. It ran several thousand people on a, on a full Sunday. And they asked me to sing. The, the music minister called me, and he said, Kathy, are you going to be home Sunday? We have a special guest, and we'd like for you to sing with the choir. I said, actually, I am home. Yeah, I'd, I'd be honored to sing. You know, so tell me more about it. So he told me that one of the Dallas Cowboys football players, now, I don't know if you have football fans in this church or not, but if right now some of you are thinking this story cannot be true, because how on earth would a Dallas Cowboy be saved? <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. Woo. I had no idea there would be any of those here. I mean, we're at like the opposite end. Okay. I was going to say, we're at the opposite end of the map. I don't know if y'all know where you are, but you're way up, north, way. Yeah. We, and the lions are, I get it. Anyway, we're, we're not talking about football. What was that? Lions. Okay. Well, anyway, back to my, this is my story. I have the microphone. Let me tell my story. So anyway, he said, this Dallas Cowboys football player is coming, and he's going to tell his testimony, and if you want to come sing, we'd love for you to blah, blah, blah. Uh, sure, I'd be, I'd be honored. Well, I started going through the week, and I started thinking about this moment, right? I started, like, going, okay, I'm going to be on the stage. It's a very large stage that sticks way out, and so when you're on the stage, you know, there's this big crowd that's, like, kind of all the way around you, and I was envisioning this moment. I'm going to be on the stage, and all these people are there. That's great, but really what I was thinking about was the fact that Mr. Football was going to be sitting right there on the front row. And I started thinking all week about this moment. I mean, they could have asked anybody to sing, but no, no. No, no, they asked me. And I'm going to get to sing in this moment, and I'm going to get to stand up there. And Mr. Football, I mean, surely Mr. Football is going to be impressed with my singing. And I just started thinking about it all week, started getting really starry-eyed. I can see some of you are looking down your nose at me. Hold on a minute. Just hold on a minute. And I started thinking about it just so, and all week, I was very careful with my throat. I made sure that nothing happened. I didn't yell. I, I kept it wrapped. And I got up super early Sunday morning, and I, I did all the stuff that singers do. You know, I drank the hot tea with honey and lemon. I did all the scales to get my throat warmed up, to get all the crud, you know, out. I mean, I, I, yes. I get to church early that morning, and I do the practice with the band and the orchestra. It was perfect. It was perfect. I mean, surely Mr. Football is going to be impressed. Surely he's going to be impressed. So they tell me where to sit and what time in the program I'm going to be up. So I sit down, and I hear the music start to play, and I know it's my time to go up and get the mic. So I make my way from my seat, and I come up to the stage, and I get my mic, and I step out to the middle the orchestra's playing, and I begin to sing. And I'm making sure that as I sing, I'm, I'm doing hand motions, and I'm, I'm making eye contact. Because I want you to know that I mean this song. But really, really, all I cared about was Mr. Football. I mean, I didn't look at him, because, you know, that would be overly 
you know, pushy. I just, I was just trying to make sure he was so impressed. And I got done singing and I put the mic back. It was one of those times I, it, I sang it, you know, so well. There, there was not any cracks in my voice. This was great. I put the mic down. And I, as I'm walking off the stage, I didn't actually do this, but in my heart, or maybe I should say uh, in, my, in my head, but maybe I should say in my heart, I might as well have done this. Because as I'm walking off the stage, I really kind of wanted to just go, you're welcome. <laughs> I go to my seat, and I head to sit down, and as I get right to my seat, and I start to sit down, I am literally shaking from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And the Lord said to me, Kathy Wampler, every time you sing, I sit on the front row, and you have never tried to impress me. That's called rebuilding the altar. It was 25 years ago, y'all, and I still can't tell that story without remembering the way I was so broken that day before the Lord. And it made me mad because how did I get so far away from what mattered the most? How did I get up in a moment? I could have had this audience of people. I could have asked the Lord to anoint my talent. I could have asked the Lord to change the hearts of people with the message in a song. But instead of all that, I made it all about me. How did I get here? I said in the rest of that service, I don't know how Mr. Football got saved. I don't know anything about what happened. I wasn't listening. I was having a moment with Jesus that said, Lord, here's my heart. Lord, here's my heart. Whatever's in me that doesn't please you, whatever's in me that doesn't line up with the truth of your word, whatever's in me that isn't pleasing to you, Lord, I give you permission to remove it. Lord, I'm sorry. Help me to never, ever, ever again sing but to an audience of one. I made a promise to the Lord that day I would only sing for him. The second thing we see that we learn from Elijah is this. It says in verse 37, it said, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. You know, the thing we learned from Elijah is this. Elijah wanted fire to fall from heaven for one reason and one reason alone. One reason that God would be glorified. Elijah said, Lord, hear me so that these people know. Lord, I'm asking you to do this so these people know. You know, Elijah wasn't looking for followers on Facebook. Elijah wasn't standing by the fire pulling out little shard, charred pieces of paper, signing autographs, standing at the door, passing them out, telling people, hey, be sure to tell all the people in Israel that I'm your favorite prophet. Elijah wasn't looking for name recognition and fame for himself. Elijah wanted one thing, that God was glorified and so that these people, People will know that you are God. So what about us? What about us? Would the music team come, please? What about us? Why do you do what you do? I've got three scriptures and three questions to close. Three questions to ask yourself that correspond with three scriptures. The first question is this. 
Do my actions glorify God? Do your actions glorify God? I'm not talking about your neighbor's actions. Quit nudging. This is not the nudging zone. The, the no nudging, the no judging. I'm asking you, do my actions glorify God? And I'm not talking about just your actions in public. What about your actions in private? Do my actions glorify God? 1 Peter 4.11 says, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracle of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, so that in all things, say all, all, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Second question, let me ask you this. Will others see Christ in me? In your day-to-day -day actions, in your day-to-day -day conversations, will others see Christ in you? I don't know you. I'm not from here. Will others see Christ in me? Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children if you feel like it. Oh, oh, it doesn't say that? I mean, that's what we like to add. You know, today I don't feel like it. I don't feel like imitating Christ today. He didn't say if you feel like it. He didn't say if everybody else is doing it or not. He just said to be imitators of God as dear children. Be imitators of God. That's what we're supposed to do. And walk in love. Oh, we talked about that at the beginning. Walk in love as Christ also loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Will others see Christ? Third question. Third and final question to you. Will my sacrifice bring him honor? What is it that you're giving God that you're so proud of? You know, I stood on that stage that day and I was so proud of myself for giving God my talent. Lord, here's my voice. I'm just going to sing. And God, I imagine in heaven, he looked down on me that day on that stage. And he said, you know what? That, that just smells like you. I, I don't want any of that. Now, if you give me your heart, I'll take it. But if you're giving me you and how good you think you are, mm, whew. I smell something in here and it does not smell good. But you know what? That's the very smell that we can bring to this altar. We can say, Lord, here's all that nasty stuff. Here's all that ego. Here's all that stuff I thought I was so good, God. Here's all the things I thought I was doing right. But you know, if I change this in my life, it's going to upset everything. I mean, people know me this way. People see me this way. If I make this change, if I come down here and give the Lord my heart and ask him to evaluate it, it's going to upset a whole lot in my life. Guess what? I promise you anything you give Jesus he will give you back more and more and more and more and greater and greater and greater. The last verse that we'll read, will my sacrifice bring him honor? 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. Therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all, say all, say all, all to the glory of God.
not to the glory of Kathy, not to the glory of Joe, not to the glory of Susan, not to the glory of Jill, not to the glory of any other person in here. Everything I do is to the glory of God. Those three questions, do your actions glorify God? Will others see Christ? And will my sacrifice bring him honor? That's the questions I leave you with today as we say, Lord, here's my heart. Lord, here's my heart. All over this room, all over this room, would you stand to your feet? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? Just bow your head and close your eyes. And I want to ask you a question if you're in this room today. The most important question I can ask you is this. If you've come to this house today and you are willing to say, Kathy, I need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now listen, I want, I want you to hear my question. Well, I've raised my hand before. I, that's not my question. Well, I've, I've been coming to this church for a long time and I've just kind of been going through the motions and people might think, that's not my question. My question's actually very simple. It doesn't matter what your past was. It doesn't matter what your present is. All that matters is your answer to this question. Kathy, I need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. First time, 10th time, hundredth time it doesn't matter I've prayed this before Kathy that's okay pray it today if you're in this house and you would raise your hand and say Kathy I need a personal relationship with Jesus raise your hand yes 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 I need a personal relationship with Jesus yes 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 all over this room I see those hands come on I'm gonna wait a minute because there's some of you people that need to yes 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 come on anybody else yes all over this room, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. I need to renew it. I need to do it for the first time. I need to do it in mean business this time. Yes, yes, I see those hands. I see every one of them. I see them. Anybody else? Anybody else? Oh, I see those hands. I'm going to ask a question, and it's going to be a bold question. I'm going to see if you're brave enough to do it up here, way up here in the north of Michigan. If you raised your hand, would you be willing to come forward so we can pray a prayer together all across this room? If you raised your hand, come on, come on. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Come down here and raise your hand. Come on, let's pray together. Come on, right now, come on. Come on, come on. Yes, 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 come on, all across this front. Get on up here, come on. Come on, I know there's a prayer team in this church that prayed with me at the beginning of this service and I don't know all of your, all those people, but if you're on that prayer team, would you just come, line, stand behind them. Just come stand behind, make a line behind them all, all the way down. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Every tear he sees. Every broken heart. 
every one of you that have been distracted by the things of life, every one of you that have said, I've believed it one way, but the Lord is starting to show me things another way. Every one of you that are here as you come into relationship with Jesus, he will begin to reveal himself to you and show himself to you and make himself real to you and reveal truth to you, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came to set you free. He came to deliver you. Look, I want to spend eternity with every one of you. I want to spend eternity with you. I want to get to heaven and maybe we're neighbors. Jesus came to set you free all across this front. We're going to pray this prayer of salvation. And as I lead you in this prayer, would you just pray it? But listen, would you, would you do me a favor? Don't just say the words. Would you connect your heart to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm going to pray this prayer, but this time I mean it. This time I mean it. And I'm asking you, Lord, I'm giving you the freedom and the liberty to change me from the inside out. And I will start looking more like you. And I will start representing you to a world that needs you. I will start showing love to people. And I will start representing you to a lost and dying world all across this room. If you don't mind, would you just lift your hands to heaven and pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father. I love you. I'm a mess. <laughs> but you are good. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Savior and to be my Lord. I acknowledge I've sinned, but I confess my sins to you. I believe you died on the cross and you rose again so that I could live eternally in heaven with you. Help me, Jesus, to keep my eyes on you. Not on man, but on you. And help me to follow you every day of my life. Help me to live for you. And when I fall down, I'm going to get up. And I'm going to keep my eyes on you. And when I fall down, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to keep my eyes on you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for welcoming me into your kingdom. I love you, Lord. Heavenly Father, right now, over the, all of these people who have gathered in the front of this sanctuary, Lord, I come before you, and God, I pray that you would give them the strength, you would give them the ability, Lord, to stay focused on you, to get in the word, to get in this church, to live for you, to not be pulled, to not be swayed, we say in the name of Jesus that Satan, you have no authority in their lives, Lord. And Father, we just stand with them in agreement. Lord, I pray that you would put people in their life who are believers, who are strong in the word, who will lead them in the path everlasting. God, I pray that as they serve you, God, they will find freedom. They will be restored, Lord, to every part of their being to be put back exactly. Lord, just the way that you want to be in communion and relationship with them. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that they may have prayed this prayer before, but Lord, this time it's different. God, this time it's different. This time they mean it. And Lord, this time they are going to be set free, God, by the power of your spirit, Jesus. Lord, I come to you right now and I ask you, God, that this work be done in their life. Lord, do the work. Oh, God. Oh, God, do the work. Do the work, Lord, that only you can do. 
Oh, Heavenly Father, we rejoice. We shout victory, Lord, and we give you praise, God, for every soul that came forward and made a commitment or a recommitment of their life to you. I thank you for it, Jesus. I thank you for it, Jesus. All across this room right now, we need to rejoice. We need to rejoice. Come on, across this room, rejoice. Hallelujah! 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 Come on! Come on! Hallelujah! 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 Come on! Worship Him for a moment. Come on! Come on! Worship Him, church! Worship Him, church! Hallelujah! 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 Oh, come on. Put on a garment of praise with a spirit of heaviness. Come on. Worship it. Hallelujah. 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 Everyone in this room, would you just lift your hands? I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you today. Lord, everybody in this room, Father, I pray that you would take the message today, the words that were spoken, and God, you would put them deep into their heart and you would reveal to them the truth of this message and how it applies to them. Lord, right now we all just say, Lord, here's my heart. Lord, if there is anything in me that is not like you, would you take it out? Would you convict me of TV that I watch? Would you convict me of conversations I have? Would you convict me of places I frequent? Would you convict me, Lord? If you convict me, Lord, I will change with your help. Reveal yourself to me, Heavenly Father. Here's my heart. Here's my heart. Hallelujah. 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 Can somebody say amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Peggy. Thank you all so much. And I have open toe sandals. I got my toes stepped on a little bit here. <laughs> but wow, what a word. You know, that's what we need to look at every day to think Jesus is sitting in that front row. And he's the one we want to have that audience of one with. So we are going to take an offering, a love offering for the, the ministry that Kathy is in. How about giving her a good hand of for thanking her for coming here today. Praise God. Praise God. So the Abide Retreats will be in October. And, you know, if you feel led to, to participate in that and give an offering to that, we want to just love that offering. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as this ministry goes out and, and ministers to the wives of the military, personnel and the first responders, Lord, they have a heavy road to go down. And I just pray that these, this offering will go to further that ministry and to minister to these families across the country. And we thank you for Kathy and David as they've come from Texas to, to bring this word to us. Help us not to be uh, walking out of here not changed. 
let us be changed in the power of Jesus. Amen.